We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Friday, November 20th, 2015. I'm DJ Trainer, filling in for Ken K-Chain Kreitz. No worries, though. Shannon McEwen is back this week. Uh, you can find Shannon on Twitter at RotoShannon. You can find myself at TrainerDJ. How are we going to survive without... The train whistle. I don't know. I think we'll be okay. Uh, Ken, Ken loves his sound effects. Um, 
I can do without him though, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Somehow, um, somehow we'll just make it through this Friday. Uh, this podcast, of course, is available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it at RotoWire's main website. Although I'm assuming you've probably already done that if you're listening to this. Although feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. Only three games last night. Lots of interesting ones, um, some good ones to be had. Shannon, let's just jump right into it. We're going to, of course, go over our DraftKing value plays later on in this podcast and go over some injury injury news, too. Not a lot on the injury front. Dwayne Wade last night tallied 24 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals in 31 minutes Thursday against the Kings. Now, his first three games of the season, I know that he reached that 30-point DraftKings plateau. Since then, he hasn't been able to do it until last night. Are you going to jump back on the Wade train? Were you ever on it to begin with? I was after those first three games. I was really excited. He was still pretty pretty decent price. Uh, last night, he was good price as well. Unfortunately, I did not hop aboard. Um, great night for, for any DFS players. And if you won some money last night, you probably had Wade in your lineup. I think that's definitely definitely the case. I don't know. I just... I can't get a I can't get a board. If if I'm gonna use the Heat guys, it's gonna be more like Gerald Green, Justice Linslow when I'm using a stars and scrub approach. But I Wade can just fade into the background or he can put up thirty points. I just really don't even want to mess around with it's, it. It's tough. I mean Hassan Whiteside is unstoppable. So I think he's a really good play. He's starting to get more expensive. Uh Luau Dang's put together a couple good games in a row. He's really cheap right now, so I think he's a good cheap option as as a uh, last stab lineup filler, um, but I'm not big. I'm not big on the Heat guys. Of course, Chris Bosh. He's he's the most consistent guy, um, and he's a decent price too. But I'm not big on the Heat guys because guys like Wade, Drogic, they're just too inconsistent. That, that's certainly the case. Whiteside last night only played 18 minutes. Looked like he got into foul trouble. A lot of people used him. Cousins was out with that suspension. Um, so Whiteside seemed like the the best available center. Of course, you had guys like um, um, let's see, it would have been Andre Drummond, not Andre Drummond, Greg Monroe, DeAndre Jordan were the other two options at center. But um, so he didn't come through. Drogic, like you said, nine points, six assists. I don't think he's even reached the 30-point plateau on DraftKings yet this entire season. He had a big game the day before. or Yeah, he had a big game earlier this okay. week, which gave me false confidence that it would carry over. I was like, okay, all right, the, the, the cap has been removed from the basket. He's going to start. He's going to start doing well, putting up some fantasy points. He didn't really do much last night. He's really cheap, too, which made him an attractive option. Um, Whiteside, it's actually pretty amazing that he still ended up with a decent fantasy line. Yeah. I mean, not not as many rebounds as you would have liked, but four blocks, some steals. Yeah, it was only 18 minutes. He only had, I think he only had like three and a half fantasy points at halftime. Um, so he came on in the second half and was able to actually put together a decent line. Yeah, and that makes sense. When you have four blocks, blocks, of course, are worth two full points on DraftKings. And when he had that triple-double, you're talking 20 points right there, and we didn't even get into his rebounds or or points. Yeah, that's really – his upside is is defense, and that's where he's going to give you – he's going to have some of those monster 40-plus point fantasy nights because of the defense. For sure. So looking at the other end of things, Rajon Rondo, of course, did his thing, came one rebound re, one rebound short of his fifth triple-double in seven games, I believe, which is just, and his price is another guy I've been using continually. There's no reason 
not to use him every single night. I'll keep using him until he gets up to the $9,000 range. I don't know about you, Shannon, but I, I don't know why he's not valued more highly on DraftKings or, or other sites even. Well, he had started going up some, especially on DraftKings. He, he was starting to be a little bit more expensive. But then he had a bad, he had a, uh, I wouldn't say a bad game, but he took a step back um, in, the, in the game prior to Thursday night. So on Wednesday, he only played 31 minutes. Uh, Collison came back for that game as well. And, and he still had a triple-double, 12, 12, and 10, but he only had one steal. The 12 points, a little bit less. He had a bunch of turnovers. He had seven turnovers on Wednesday. So only 45 fantasy points. Only. I say only. <laughs> You know, a triple-double, but if you get a triple-double, you would actually expect more than 45 fantasy points. You'd expect 50-plus. He was 8,700 on Wednesday. I used him on Wednesday. I was happy, but I just couldn't find him. Uh, I couldn't find room for that 8,700 in my lineup on Thursday night. I went white side heavy. It did not work out. Um, If anybody's curious, I did not do well on Thursday. (laughs) Uh, So it hurts. But, yeah, 18 dimes. Uh, on Thursday night, just a monster game from him. Um, I think it helped that Cousins was out because they just they needed him to have the ball more. Yeah, and and for sure, I've been waiting for Rudy Gay. And why don't we just jump into this real quick? We're going to talk about an injury news and notes. He left Thursday's game with the left shoulder strain, did not return. But when we Cousins is art had already missed four games before last night before he was suspended for that forearm to Al Horford. And he hasn't done much. And Rajon Rondo, even though he's not a, a prolific scorer, he still has st- stepped up on the back end of back-to-backs. He's actually performed better than his season average. And that was, again, the case last night. Um, four back-to-backs is what Sacramento has already faced in this young season. That's insane. And and it's, it's risky picking guys on back-to-backs, um, especially older players like Rondo. So I, it's... I didn't have the stomach to spend almost nine grand on him. Um, Rudy Gay was a guy I went heavy on uh, for Thursday night play. He actually, per minute wise, was having one of his better games of the season. He only played 25 minutes, had 34 fantasy points, left late in the third quarter with the shoulder injury. You know, he would have, he probably would have approached 50 fantasy points if he was, if he wouldn't have left because of the injury. Yeah, last year he was someone I used almost perennially. Um, in all my lineups whenever he was playing somebody who was overlooked um, an interesting aspect to look at in daily fantasy is that small market teams tend to get overlooked in fantasy as well so when you have um, Utah Jazz players Sacramento Kings players guys like uh, Rudy Gay Derek Favors um, not so much Rudy Gobert but maybe later on in the season that get underused based on their production just because you're not watching them on TV every night like you are the Warriors or the Clippers yeah that's definitely the case and and with Rudy Gay I mean, he's kind of, I wouldn't say he's, he's not a poor man's Carmelo Anthony. He's like a middle-class Carmelo Anthony. Um, but the good thing, I mean, he puts up similar production, less points per game, um, but he's significantly cheaper. So I like him because he has the ability to put 45 fantasy points up, but he's not going to do it as, as on a, as regular of a basis as a guy like Carmelo will. Yeah, Rudy Gay coming in with 17.5 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 
1.2 steals. Last person I want to touch on for the Kings here, Marco Bellinelli posted 23 points, one rebound, one assist in 26 minutes. We know in the preseason he put up, they have a 40-point game, I think it was. Absolutely absurd. And when Cousins is out, he's actually someone that I tend to look at, too, as as a scorer off the bench who, you know, maybe the green light is turned on for him since Sacramento doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons. Oh, he absolutely, George Carl is absolutely giving Bellinelli the green light, even on games when he's not productive. You see him out there and he's chucking. I mean, every time, as soon as he catches the ball, he is ready to shoot it. So, I mean, it makes sense that when you've got a guy like Cousins who who's they're going to gonna be their ho- highest volume guy, um, take the most shots. When he's out, a guy like Bellinelli, that, that green light's greener. It's a darker shade of green. I don't know. It's but the it, green is, It's yeah. a dark forest. The greenest green I've ever seen. Um, if you're wondering, he left the Spurs. You kind of wonder, why, you know, why would you leave the Spurs if you want championships? Maybe it was to have the green light somewhere else, the greenest light. Shooting 36% this season, that's his worst of his entire career. Obviously, you you leave that Spurs system and your field goal percentage is going to go down, especially if you're going to chuck up shots like Bellinelli does. He He's going to be risky as a DFS play just because he went 5 for 10 from downtown last night. That's not going to happen. You know, He'll have two games where he combines to go 2 for 10, and then he'll have a game like last night where he goes 5 for 10. There's just going to be a lot of inconsistency with him. Um, but if you get lucky... And you plug them in there on the nights when, let's say, you you use some logic behind it. You 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 know Cousins is out, so he's going to get a few more minutes. He's going to get a few more shots. This is a better opportunity for him to have a good night. Yeah, and if you're coming over um, from other sites and playing DraftKings maybe for the first time, uh, a different rule is that they give you a bonus for three-point shots made, and that certainly bodes well for Bellinelli or guys that come off the bench to shoot the three. You get that extra half a point bonus for each three-pointer made. Yeah, and in a scenario like this, like guy like Bellinelli, who's primarily a three-point shooter, 10 of his 11 shots were three-point shots. I'm going to want to use him more in a tournament play. And hope that he has one of those nights where he's on fire from downtown. Moving on to this Milwaukee Bucks-Cleveland Cavaliers game. These two teams played last Saturday. Two overtimes it took the Milwaukee Bucks to ultimately come away victorious at home. That was not the case. The Cavaliers had this one pretty much in hand throughout the game. I know it got within maybe nine points in the fourth quarter. Maybe more importantly, for fantasy purposes, Giannis Antetokounmpo poured in a career-high 33 points and added five rebounds, two assists, and two steals over 40 minutes in Thursday's loss. There were only three shooting guard options last night that I was even considering um, in terms of that more elite. So you had Clay Thompson, you had Giannis, and then you had Dwayne Wade. And then it was a pretty steep drop-off, and I think J.R. Smith might have been the next highest-priced guy. Did you happen to use Giannis last night? I know I didn't at all. I used him in some areas, um, but again, <laughs> the rest of my lineup was garbage, so it didn't <laughs> matter. Uh, yeah, no, Giannis was amazing. Um, you know, he did pretty well against the Cavs uh, earlier in the week, or over the weekend, I should say. He had 38 fantasy points. Last night, he had 47. It's He actually could have had even a more of a monster game, because usually, especially a game like that where you're racking up 40 minutes, you're thinking, okay... He's going to get a couple blocks to go with those two steals. So he could have easily have gone over 50 fantasy points for the game. He only had the two steals, zero blocks, you know, even more rebounds. Five rebounds isn't a lot for him. So, yeah, it's just great to see him score 33 points. 12 for 15, 
that's unsustainable. That's not going to happen on a regular basis. Uh, but but just to see nights like that from him, I don't think many people expected that at this stage of his career. Um, but he's already he's already topping thirty points. It's crazy. The, guy, the guy's a freak. Yeah, he's coming along early. Twelve for fifteen, like you said, eight for eight from free throw. If you're in season long leagues, roto leagues, head to head leagues, it really doesn't matter. He helped you out a ton last night. One thing from a basketball perspective, Shannon, I want to get your take on is that we usually see Chris Middleton guard LeBron James. Um, but for one possession last night, Giannis was on James, and he actually shut him down. He ma- he forced James into a fadeaway elbow jumper. James missed it. He got the rebound, and then they switched. So Middleton went back to James, and Giannis went over to uh, Tristan Thompson. And then for some reason, Giannis didn't guard Tristan Thompson well, as w- and Tristan Thompson got an lay- easy layup later on that possession. But who do you think should be guarding LeBron James? Because these are two teams that are going to face off against each other for the next couple of years, Middleton or Giannis? I think you'll probably see more Giannis on him in the future. Um, I mean, Giannis, I understand why you'd want to protect Giannis. One, you don't want to get him in foul trouble. LeBron James has too much strength for Giannis. I really do believe that. Even though Giannis has beefed up some this year, he's still a lanky kid. And LeBron James is a man. <laughs> so I, Giannis's length works well against James. And I do think you'll see him play more against him later in the year. But I understand kind of holding him away from LeBron. I mean, it, I, I actually do believe that Giannis played against James a little bit more in their previous meeting um, on the four, on November 14th, and Giannis fouled out of that game. So that could have been a huge part of it right there. Yeah, that game did go to double overtime, so it's hard to, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say um, exactly how that projected into last night. But Middleton got into foul trouble last night. So it really is just whoever's guarding LeBron James is going to get into foul trouble. Who do you want it to be? And in this case, with, with, since Giannis was so hot on the offensive end, um, you know, you, you, let's put Milton over there. If he's going to foul out, he fouls out. A couple more Bucks guys I want to talk about. Jabari Parker returned to action after a single-game absence. We thought it was going to be three games. He posted 14 points, 6 of 10, 2 of 2 from the free throw lines, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 a block. Um, are you, he, Parker's not anyone I'm ever using in DFS because he only scores points, and that doesn't translate well to uh, DraftKings where you get, obviously, points for other things. Is he someone that you hope to use in the future? Do you shy away? Is he a value pick at any point this season? I do hope to use him later. He's he's a great value pick right now because he's only 3700 But that's just a byproduct of how low his salary is, his current salary. I mean, he's only averaging 8.3 points, 3.3 rebounds. That's good for just under 15 fantasy points a game. So he's not doing a lot. But it's encouraging because he's got double-digit points scored each of the past two games. Uh, He's played 30 minutes or more each of the past two games. Once the rebounding and some of the other stats start coming in, I do think he'll be a solid fantasy play for DFS. So you think they're going to come in? Because I'm I'm more of the opinion that he's just going to be on the court to score buckets and not try to look stupid on the defensive end. No, he'll get more rebounds. I, I... I don't have his stats from last year in front of me, but I believe he was a decent rebounder uh, per minute wise. Not not a great rebounder, but he's got the size. He's got the strength, the length. He can get rebounds. They rely on Greg Monroe to get a lot of rebounds right now. So I, j- I just think once the rust is fully off, he will be grabbing five to six rebounds a game at least. 
Yeah, and talk about being a man. He is thick. He like, is. He he's a big boy. He's only twenty years old, but I mean, he is. He's a he's really big. Um, he's really filled out. Last season, he averaged five and a half rebounds okay. a game. So that's exactly right on track. Only twenty five games in his rookie season. Of course, we know before he suffered that uh, suffered that injury. The Bucks are the worst defending re- or defensive rebounding team in the league. So guys like Parker need to step up. Maybe Middleton needs to get in and crash the boards more because uh, Monroe can't do it all by himself. Obviously. We'll see Parker get more boards. He'll start. And he had, uh, back on the 10th of November, he had eight rebounds. He's capable of grabbing rebounds. It's just, he's still he's still getting that rust off. You know, he like you said, he only played 25 games last year. Um, he's only been in a handful of games so far this year. We'll, we'll see him starting to grab five, six, seven rebounds a game soon. Yeah, not only is he getting the rust off, he's still getting acclimated to the NBA. 31 NBA appearances. So exactly. he's right on track with all basically all the other rookies. He's barely ahead of them now. Last person I want you to touch on, Shannon, and feel free to just give me like a two-word response to this because I would understand. O.J. Mayo played his first game of the season last night. He only played or only scored three points, um, added two steals, one rebound in 14 minutes. Is he of a concern maybe taking a, away minutes from Jabari or taking away minutes from Middleton? in more than anything i think the person he's going to impact the most is jared bayless who's been really good this season for the bucks he's 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 played bayless has been that sixth man he's also started some games and he's been really good he's been good as a dfs play as well not even not only in the games that he started but also games coming off the bench he's had some nice dfs outings and bayless didn't have a big night last night i think part of it is because of mayo Mayo's a good player. I think he's a solid guy. He stretches the floor, which the Bucks need, and he played well for him last year. So I do think Mayo's going to get solid run for that team. And it's probably Bayless is the most logical person who's going to who it's going to impact. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe you wouldn't make that connection initially because Bayless is more of a point guard, but he's been shifting over to shooting guard, especially with Michael Carter-Williams back. And it's at least last night that seemed like to be the direct effect. So that's a good, uh, good point to be made there, Shannon. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Moving forward, uh, after I catch my breath here, the most entertaining game of the night, I would say, the Golden State Warriors, 124. Los Angeles Clippers, 117. The Clippers had it in the bag like they often do. But you know what, Shannon? At no point last night did I think the Warriors were going to lose. When they were down by 20, I just I just didn't feel it. I just didn't see it happening. What were your overall impressions from that game as the Warriors exert their dominance on, on one of the best possible challengers they could have went up against at home in L.A.? I I. I thought the Warriors were going to lose. Really? You're, you're down by 23 points. I'm expecting you to lose. I don't care if it's the first quarter, second quarter, whatever. I expect you to lose if you're down by 23 points. Yeah, it's the NBA. Everyone makes a run, all that good stuff. But the Warriors have to lose at some point. So sure. a game when they're down by 23, that's the one I'm going to peg as, as the one they should lose. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they came back. Um, they're one of the teams that has the personnel where it's they're capable of doing that. So you get you get big games. They had four guys score 19 points or more. They're a solid team, man. I, more than solid. They, there's you, you can't express how good the team is and how well they've played since 
the second round of the playoffs last season. Yeah, it's it's absolutely unbelievable, and I hope everyone's just just enjoying it more than anything else. In terms of fantasy, let's look at Festus Azili and Andrew Bogut. Azili played 21 minutes off the bench last night. He only scored five points, four rebounds, three assists. Of course, he did get two blocks, but it's it seems that Azili and Bogut are in a timeshare to the point where. I can't really use any of them in DFS. I can't use them in season long unless I'm in a really deep leagues. Do you think that this situation is going to stay the same or will it sort itself out where maybe Azili ends up edging out Bogut towards the end of the season? Andrew Bogut's the better player and he's the better fantasy player. Uh, I'm still, I'm just amazed that Azili has been able to do as well as he has. He's, he's had some nice flashes this season, but if I do play, when they're both healthy, if I play a Warrior center, it's going to be Bogut because Bogut is more likely to have a monster game where he goes out there and grabs like 16 rebounds. And, he, and he, he's good at picking up defensive stats. He, he, he had a couple, three, three uh, block shot games in a row last week. I like Bogut personally. I think he's good. He had 49-point fancy outing last week, for instance. You're not going to see that from Zeely. Yeah, Bogut only had six fancy points last night, so you got to pick the right nights to use them. Um, they're both really risky, but if you're looking at an upside play, I think Bogut's the better option. I'll go ahead and agree with you there. Azili has two double-doubles on the year. A little bit sneaky, though. He, he's got at least four blocks um, in one of his games, four three, and he has about seven or eight performances of two blocks. Only two games this season has Azili gone without a block. Like I said earlier, that's worth two point on DraftKings. Um, but in it, it, yeah, like you said, I'm going to go with Bogut if I have to. I'm going to stay away altogether. Draymond Green collected 19 points last night, nine assists, six rebounds, a steal, and a block in just 30 minutes of action. A very underrated part of Green's game is his assist total. And, of course, in season long, that helps you. DFS, it helps you. Did you think that he was going to be the facilitator um, that he is coming into this season? Well, he was that in college. Um, he was he was an amazing. He was a point forward for the Michigan State Spartans. Um, you know, he, great facilitator in college. And we saw it last year with them. He had, he had a couple triple doubles last season, I believe. Three point um, seven assists is what he averaged last year. Right. This year it's seven point one. Oh, I did not expect it to be seven point one assists. I, I'm not going to deny that. But but I think this is also a function of the Warriors' offense, their their scheme. You've got guys like like uh, Igudala has 26 assists over the past four games. So you've got him. You've got Draymond uh, Green, Curry. Harrison Those, Barnes. Yeah, these guys can create, and, and they're getting a ton of assists because they share the ball well. Their system's kind of just taken over, and it, it's just it's a, it's perfect right now. There's no stopping it. So you're going to have more shots, more shots going in, more assist totals because of it, and you're seeing it. Is Draymond Green going to average set over seven assists a game for the entire season? No. I think his cap is at, like, 5.6 which is still amazing which is amazing no yeah. it's really good 
but he's, he is going to drop off some. Okay, so uh, last thing I'll say about Draymond Green, he's only averaging 12.5 points. And some people, you know, you'll look at points and be like, ah, he's not doing that well. But in rotisserie leagues and head-to-head leagues, get this. Here comes the number dump. 7.8 rebounds, 7.1 assists, like we said. 1.4 steals, 1.4 blocks. And let's see here. He's shooting 44% from beyond the arc. And so... In terms of rotisserie, head-to-head, he's an elite player because he contributes in all those categories. He is right now. I had my concerns about him entering the season uh, for as a rotisserie player. Um, not, not that he wouldn't be good, but he just last season he only shot 44% from the floor, which for a power forward, for a power forward is not good, and he only shot 66% from the line. I was worried about those two things. He's doing better on that front this season, though, so... Yeah, I, I actually, I would, I would, I would argue Draymond Green is a sell high co- candidate right now. Really? He's not going to shoot. I don't think he's going to shoot over forty percent from downtown. He's not going to continue to average. He's shooting almost eighty percent from the line. He's not going to average seven assists a game. So yeah, I would, I would say he definitely sell high. Hot take here from Shannon McCune. You can find Shannon and complain to Shannon at uh, Roto Shannon on Twitter, by the way. But that's it. That's it. I think that that's something that, you know, it's not like a fun thing to say, but you're completely right. 1.7 three-pointers made per game. The average is, like you said, 79% from the charity stripe. Doesn't seem like it's something sustainable. Like, this could be the hottest part of the Warriors' season, and Draymond seems to be spearheading that. Right. I still love him as a player, love him as a fantasy option, but you're talking about a guy who's, you know, probably, he's probably putting up close to first round value right now he's not a first round player if you can get a better option then i'll i'll toss him in some trades i don't own him anywhere but if i trade for him i will then turn around and try to try to trade him for a higher ticket (laughs) there we go uh looking at the other side of the ball chris paul had a groin issue. Seemed like he was kind of doubtful for most most of the week heading into this game. He ends up posting. A, he ends up playing first of all. Then he posts a season high, thirty five points, eight assists, four rebounds, three steals in thirty two minutes. Of course, they lost the game. JJ Redick ended up not playing with those back spasms. Chris Paul is a guy I just don't like. I like to root for players I like, and so Chris Paul is just not someone they, that I ever really touch. But do you have him anywhere? How do you use him, especially when DFS in a DFS context, where I think pretty much everybody shied away from him last night? Chris Paul is one of those guys who, and I don't have any stats to back this up. This is just what. Sometimes I, you don't need to. No, no. But he's one of those guys that seems to step up for big games, and and even during the regular season, steps up for big games, has a monster outing like this. So it is kind of surprising that people would back away from him. Um, but you, you also, you don't expect him to score 35 points. That's not the type of player he is. He's more of a facilitator. He'll, he'll score 18 to 20 points. Most games get you eight to 10 assists, but no, I'm not surprised by how well he did last night. That's Chris Paul. That's what you expect. He's going to go out there and try to really put his mark on a game, especially when it's a big game like that. Yeah, most definitely. What do you think of Austin Rivers of coach? Of course, the coach's son, Apparently, the whole team believes that he's the best defender on the team. He is a good perimeter defender, 
But if worse comes to worse, I, I talked about this with Nick a little bit. I'd rather put Lance Stevenson on the court to guard, um, you know, an offensive powerhouse. You know, if you're playing the Cavaliers in the finals, I'd rather have Lance Stevenson on the court than Austin Rivers. I'm not going to make that argument. I actually okay. think they're both pretty horrible. Um, oh, right. No, I think they both can play defense. I'll agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, But they're they're both so frustrating on the offensive end. They make dumb mistakes that I I think they're they're basically the same side of a coin. Those two and whichever one you have out there, it almost doesn't matter. I think they're pretty much this. They're they're very similar players who give coaches the same kind of headache. Um, and, and Doc Rivers just able to deal with a headache from his son more than, than Lance <laughs> Stevenson, I guess. Uh, there's only an inch of difference between those two guys. If you're looking for looking in that range, Austin River played 26 minutes last night. Lance Stevenson didn't come off the bench at all as Doc Rivers tries to figure out how to use Lance Stevenson, much like every other place he's been at in his career. The Clipper, the Clippers were supposed to be deeper this year, right? And I know I realize Reddick was out, uh, but they brought in Lance Stevenson, they brought in Josh Smith, brought in Paul Pierce. So you would expect them to be deeper. They only played eight people last night, and Wesley Johnson, Austin Rivers were two of them. Those guys, and Josh Smith. I'll put Josh Smith in that boat. Those three guys are all not good at NBA basketball. They are better at basketball than I am, but at <laughs> NBA basketball, they are not good. And I just they're not a very deep team. If if you can't trust these guys that you've brought in, like Lance Stevenson, then then obviously they're not helping. I ugh. they're a good team. They're gonna win plenty of games this year, but their depth is still an issue to me. I think they're they're basically like six, seven deep, and that's not gonna be enough. You say let's say the names again. Paul Pierce, Jamal Crawford, Josh Smith, Wesley Johnson, Lance Stevenson. Now if I said that was your bench you know, two years ago, you might have been like, oh, my goodness, like that right, is a stacked right. team. But now we're kind of just going off of name power. Um, and so it seems like they're deep and that it seems like they're going to be deep for the, a good playoff run. But all those guys are aging. And Josh Smith, Lance Stevenson's were major question marks to begin with when they were starting for the Pacers, when they were starting for uh, the uh, the Pistons. They're, they were both horrible last year. Like even Josh Smith with the Rockets. Yeah, he, he had a couple of good games, but he only got as much run as he did because of injury. He what he really wasn't that effective. I'm I'm just not I'm not sold on this team actually having depth. Paul Pierce Paul Pierce plays 30, 30 minutes game and gets you six points, three rebounds. That's who Paul Pierce is now. He's an old man. I, I don't know, man. I it looks better when you got Jamal Crawford coming off the bench when Reddick's healthy. But I still don't think it's that deep of a team, especially in the in the front court. I mean, there's no one behind DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. Yeah, Cole Aldridge, and and he hasn't played that much at all this season. And so, and, and Paul Pierce is not a guy that you'd really want for defensive perf- purposes either. I mean, we, you just need to look at how old he is and understand that. If he can defend with his walker, he would be really good. He'd be an elite defender because Walker's a lot are of steal, wide. a lot of steals and blocks. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did increase his height by maybe four feet there. Um, good breakdown of last night's game. Shannon's will shift into some injury news here. Just, uh, just a couple notes since we already talked about Rudy Gay. Of course, if you're trying to find out injury news about NBA players, the best place to do that is on rotowire.com. It is a subscription-based website, but if you want to check it out 10 days for free, go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. All the breaking news is going to be right there in addition to all of our DFS content and tools, articles from all our great staff here at Rotowire. And of course, we don't just do NBA. We do every sport under the sun. You can even find cricket content on there. Looking at the news, Anthony Davis, who's dealing with that left shoulder injury, will play in Friday's matchup against the Spurs. Now, I'm a couple years ago, I used to say that Davis just kind of need to suck it up and just get out there and play because if you're going to if you're going to be an elite talent in the NBA, sometimes you have to play at 75% because we're at a point now with uh with uh, New Orleans where I don't think they can even make the playoffs uh and it's obviously not his fault, but what do you th- where do you come down on the Anthony Davis is just one of those guys who can't stay healthy? It's it's worrisome. Um on, on Wednesday, I was riding him hard on DFS, and when he went out in the first quarter, I just it, it ruined my night. Played six minutes. Yeah, it, it ruined my night, and and that was the first thought I had was, man, this guy, he's just too fragile, and and I do think it's a concern, uh, especially when you're the superstar player. They, the Pelicans are not good; they're horrible. Their roster, I mean, granted, yeah, Tyreek Evans is hurt. Anthony Davis has missed some games this year. Drew Holiday is not what he was yet. Maybe he will be later this season. Minutes restriction. Yeah, minutes restriction. But when, so I was watching a game with them last, you know, a week or two ago, and Anthony Davis was out. Tyreek Evans, of course, was out. Drew Holiday sat out that game for rest. And the rest of that roster was just atrocious. I mean, Eric Gordon was it ish smith is not a very good nba basketball player and he's compiling ridiculous stats for that team ish smith isn't good i promise you you can you can you can watch that team play and ish smith might look okay but he's not a very good nba player the the rest of that team ryan anderson can shoot can't do anything else really horrible defense Uh, that it's it's a pretty pathetic team when every with all the injuries they have yeah ish smith can't seem to stay on a team but when he does play he gives up great production we saw him last year we went to a bucks game they played the thunder he was with the thunder back then and he had a, like a solid game i know he was playing that was back when reggie jackson was on the court too but what's the deal with like sometimes we get it twisted looking at it from a fantasy perspective where ish smith seems like a really good nba player but if you actually watch him he's not helping them win games at all yeah, I mean, it, granted, if he played on, like, Philadelphia, he would look awesome. But I promise you, compared to most NBA players, especially starting point guards or six men, he's not very good. He, he is a depth option. At best, I would want him to be, like, my third-string point guard. Yeah, he's he's just a journeyman, and a third-string point guard tend to be journeymen in this league. Last injury note, uh, Timofey Mozgov will undergo an MRI on his shoulder Friday, so we'll see the severity of that. He only ended up playing 11 minutes against Milwaukee last night. Of course, I made an appearance on NBA TV and had him in my optimal lineup, so that was pretty awesome for me. Yeah, and with, with him out, uh, Thompson would be the guy. Tristan Thompson would be the guy to target. If Mozgov misses some time, uh, Thompson will get some more minutes and, and be a decent double-double threat. 
Yeah, he's always a double-double threat, even though he has some obvious flaws in his game. So that'll do it for the injury notes portion. We're going to wrap things up here. But before we do that, we're going to get into our some of our value plays tonight on DraftKings. Of course, you can be a part of the action all season long on DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. And as I'm sure you know, with daily fantasy, you don't, have, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want. Pick a new team every time you play. You can even challenge your friends like I did in our listener competition against Shannon and Nick. Um, Shannon was so kind to bring up the rear where me and Nick started off strong. Last place, baby. Last place. Somebody's got to do it. You, you kept watch as us. You kept watch over us. We really appreciated it. Um, so you can challenge your friends, of course, in a custom league. Also, go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play for free. DraftKings, the official partner of ROTOWIRE. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS or ROTOWIRE at DraftKings.com. Yeah, yeah, either promo code works. They both work. So we have 11 games tonight, Shannon. Um, a couple kind of overall strategy things that we touched on a little bit, but I do want to just mention a couple things about I want to get your take. Um, Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers are the only two teams on the back end of back, uh, back-to-backs tonight in general is that concerning for you from a dfs point of view you said it is for older players like rondo is the example you already gave us yeah it it usually is for older players it i would say it's it's a personal judgment call um it's riskier to to take a player if if they've played the you know it's the back end of a back-to-back maybe they logged 40 minutes the night before i mean you want to look into everything at the same time, it can bite you in the ass. Um, on Wednesday, I avoided Carl Anthony Towns because it was the back end of a back-to-back. He played Miami um, earlier this season, was facing Miami on Wednesday again. Uh, he didn't do good against Miami the first time, but Kevin Garnett ended up being out this week. So Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns got more minutes on Wednesday. He dominated. He had a really great, he had one of his best games of the season. Um, guys like like he and Okafor, it was basically a toss-up. They were around the same price. I couldn't decide which one I wanted to ride. I ended up going Okafor. He had he had a dud against Indiana, and it bit me in the ass because the, the back, back end of a back-to-back is one of the reasons why I, I avoided Towns. So it's judgment call. Make it, you know, look at everything. Don't just, that's not the only deciding factor. I do think it's a negative on a player, but... It shouldn't, it shouldn't make or break whether or not you choose to use a guy. Yeah, and if I'm going to throw in my two cents here, I would say sometimes you need to be cautious on the first game of back-to-backs. I've seen Dirk Nowitzki play just in that 20 to 24-minute range on the first end of back-to-backs this season because they're looking and preparing for the next game. Yeah. So that's also something to be wary of. Oh, definitely. There's so much that comes into play for it. I mean, it could be who's the opponent in the first game, who's the opponent in the second game, You know, how close of a game are they going to be, Guys, the first first end of a back-to-back, it could end up being a blowout, and a guy plays less minutes. So you have to evaluate all of that before making a decision. So just doing some quick math here, Nowitzki has three back-to-backs, and in the first games, he's actually playing less minutes than the second game. So something to be uh, weary of, like I said, 21 minutes, 20 minutes, and 29, whereas he played 25, 33, and 31. So that's a big difference. So it goes both ways. Last bit of overall general thing, Shannon, over-unders. A lot of people like to use this, of course, when more points are scored, generally there can be more DraftKings points to be 
had specifically tonight. Utah going up against Dallas in Dallas has the lowest over under 193.5 as we tape this around 2 p.m. Eastern. And then the Clippers against uh, the Trailblazers and Chicago against Golden State are currently the highest on this slate of 11 games at 210 points. So how much do you invest in over-unders? You definitely want to look at the over-under. And I, I do add some value to the guys that are in the high, higher end of that. So if, if it's a high over-under, I like the game a little bit more. Low, not as much. Utah, every Utah game is always going to be one of the lowest games of the night. Um, they just play great defense, slow pace. So Utah is always kind of tough for me. Um, Even though it's the lowest over-under of the night, I like Derek Favors a ton tonight. Dallas is very weak against opposing power forwards. Just saw Jared Sullinger on Wednesday night go off against him. Uh, I'm running Derek Favors everywhere on Friday night. Uh, But he's the only guy. He's the only guy from Utah I'll play. Uh, I I think Gobert's a solid play, too. Uh, But because it's a low over-under, I am avoiding it. Uh, Another thing to check out with the over-under is the spread. So the spread spread matters because if it's a game that's got a high over-under, but you've got a team like, for instance, the Warriors-Bulls, the spread's about eight points right now. I think it's actually going to be a pretty competitive game because the Warriors, it's, it's in Golden State, but the Warriors are on the second, second game of back-to-back. So I think it'll be somewhat competitive, but Derrick Rose might not play. So Bulls could be a little shorthanded. The game could end up getting out of hand, and then you're going to have guys like Steph Curry, um, Draymond Green, who might end up sitting out long stretches because they have a comfortable lead. Yeah, that's certainly the case, uh, specifically about the Mavericks giving up points to power forwards. They are seventh worst in the league in terms of FanDuel points allowed for, fa- for power forwards in the last 10 games. 45 excuse me, point nine points. Of course, that doesn't go to one power forward. It's collectively who's playing power forward. But 45.9 is a lot to spread out among that power forward whoever's going up against. So Derek Favors is going to get a huge chunk of that. Trevor Booker would be another guy that would get a little slice of that as well. Shannon, unfortunately, we only have a couple minutes here to go over some of our value plays tonight. I'm, I'll, I'll just throw my two out, and then if you want to throw a couple, and then we'll put a nice bow on this this pod we're having here. Kemba Walker, $6,700 going against Philadelphia. And then I'm going to keep it right with Charlotte and go with Al Jefferson, a flat $6,000. I know he has his ebbs and flows, but I have to use him at this price. He's the guy that can easily get up into that 40-point benchmark range on DraftKings. I think those guys are both solid plays. Philadelphia is a really good team to target. So uh, those two players are probably going to be pretty highly owned. Uh, On Wednesday, Philadelphia played Indiana. Paul George was everywhere, and he had a monster game. Um, Even though it was a blowout, he still managed over 50 fantasy points. Uh, A couple guys I really like tonight. Tony Parker, he's coming off his best game really? of the season. Yeah, I, I, I will recommend Tony Parker tonight. It's all about matchups, man. And he's playing against the Pelicans. Ishmith, Drew Holiday, their backcourt's been horrible. They, they are the worst team against point guards this season. So I'm going Tony Parker, only 4,600 on DraftKings. A risky guy I like a lot is Marcus Smart. Not not so much about matchup. It's just the fact that he has the ability to put up 30 or 40 fantasy points and he's only 4800. I'm not I'm not so, you know, it, it's he's a risky pick. I I can't stress that enough. He went out and had a dud on Wednesday, so 
you know, it just kind of your risk tolerance, whether or not you want them. Um, what one more guy? Because he's got under four thousand, so you've got to mention him. Wow, Jeff Green, small forward. He's starting for the Memphis Grizzlies now. Thirty nine hundred. Um, his his season to date stats don't look good. Uh, he's only averaging seventeen fantasy points a game. But if you look at the past three games since he's been moved in the starting lineup, he's played thirty minutes, thirty five minutes, thirty four minutes, and he's had over thirty p- fantasy points a game in those three games. So. I'm loving Jeff Green. You don't get many guys who are under 4,000 and have the ability to score 30, 35 fantasy points. That certainly is is not often the case. I was counting... I was counting down how far Tony Parker is on the point guard list, and I'm just not smart enough to even count that high. And so, I mean, if he pans out, like you say, everything is going well in his favor. If he pans out, $4,600, he's going to be a steal. It's all about matchups, man. Yeah, you know, you're completely it's, right. It, it, the best game of the season was on Wednesday for Tony Parker. It was against Denver. Denver is horrible against opposing point guards. So who, who else is horrible? New Orleans, and that's who he's playing tonight. I'm going to run him out there. All right, Tony Parker, you heard it from Shannon McEwen here. That's going to do it for us. We got to get out of here. Shannon, thanks so much for having me sitting in for Ken Kreitz. Like I said, I'm slowly but surely going to host every single day of the week. Monday, I'm coming for you. It went well. It went well. I had I had fun this episode. I was especially thrilled that you did not tease me about being in last place in the Staff Keeper League. So thanks for not mentioning that. Hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I'm I'm a positive guy around here. But thanks again so much for letting me and Nick and everyone else who played that competition steal your money. We really appreciated it. Yeah, no problem, man. Monday, be sure to listen to Josh Hayes and Benny Ricciardi. They will be back with you. Have a great weekend, everyone. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.